Hello and welcome back for another episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Omid Azami. This week's episode is an exciting one. It's with Dr. Jesse Green of the Savvy Dentist Podcast and Dr. David Keir of Dental Head Start. Dr. David Keir and Dr. Jesse Green are my co-founders at CPD Junkie and are two great sources of motivation and learning for me to be able to work with them and to launch CPD Junkie and to be able to grow this project with these two gentlemen over the past year has been an amazing experience. And I've learned a lot of things, not just about business, but about personal development, about building good habits, about leadership, communication, delegating. It's just been an amazing opportunity for this past year to work with these two guys to create CPD Junkie. CPD Junkie, for those of you who are in Australia, is a online CPD or dental education course directory where you can search by date, by location, by discipline. And we're really enhancing and developing the library of courses available for you to search. We've got well over 500 courses from 600 different speakers uh, that are searchable to you right now. If you sign up, we have arranged features to be able to send you alerts for specific courses and specific topics that you're looking for. And you can sign up to receive our monthly newsletters and many, many other benefits such as CPD junkie deals and discounts as well. If you're in Australia and you're looking to get into CPD for 2021, CPD junkie is a great place to start. Definitely head over to check it out. That's CPD J-U-N-K-I-E.com.au. In this week's episode, Dr. Jesse Green, Dr. David Keir, and I talk about some of the lessons that we learned in 2020, the trials, the tribulations, the wins, the successes. And it's nice to get three different perspectives. You know, Dr. Jesse Green runs the Savvy Dentist Academy where he coaches other practice owners in different aspects of practice ownership and running a successful dental practice. So he talks about the challenges that he had to deal with during this pandemic. Dr. David Keir works in private practice and he talks about his experiences in working in a regional town during the COVID experience. And I share some of the experiences from working in the dental hospital in the public sector this past year. So you get three unique perspectives from some amazing dentists, entrepreneurs, and good friends of mine. I hope you guys really enjoy this episode and be sure to check out their podcast, the Savvy Dentist Podcast and Dental Head Start if you already haven't. And of course, be sure to check out CPD Junkie. Without further delay, enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Newbie Dentist Podcast, giving a voice to young clinicians worldwide. The Newbie Dentist Podcast aims to be the dental industry leader in in-depth, informative and motivational interviews with some of the world's leading clinicians, academics and experts with your host, Dr. Omid Azami. So I'm joined tonight with my good friends, co-founders of CPD Junkie, Dr. Jesse Green of The Savvy Dentist and Dr. David Keir from Dental Head Start. We got a podcasting roundtable tonight, and we're going to dive into our 2020 sort of year in review, some of the things we've learned, some of the trials and tribulations that we've sort of all had to deal with, and just a bit of a reflection piece, really. So guys, thank you so much for coming on. I'm excited to dive into it with you. Oh, thanks for having us. I I think this is going to be a fun conversation, so uh, be good. Yeah, thank you, Omid and Jesse. Um, podcast, I was the baby of this group, I think, the last. I listened to you guys all before I actually jumped in and did it. So, um, thanks for letting me join you. <laughs> oh, fine. Yeah, it's, it's, fun. Always, yeah, it's always an uh, interesting and exciting experience talking to other podcasters. Uh, immediately, we're comparing audio quality and everything like that. So, just nerding out a little bit before we jumped on tonight. I guess, uh, Jesse, let's, you know, being the uh, the elder statesman here and our mentor for the year, you've kind of guided us through a lot of uh, the things that we dealt with, you know, with work and CPD Junkie and everything that we've been up to. Tell us a little bit about your year and then we'll kind of take things from there. Well, I think my year, probably like everyone else's year, has been unexpected. Um, let's, let's just call it as it is because 2020, wow, it's going to be one of those years that gets written about for decades 
to come, I believe anyway. It's had everything, the bushfires, the pandemic, um, various protest movements, of course, overseas elections. And I think that the the theme that I you know, think about that comes to mind is uncertainty. And it's been a year where you know, you've laid out all these plans only to see your plans go up in the proverbial smoke. So, uh, <laughs> But that said, it's still a useful planning exercise. So anyway, we can talk about that, that a bit more in a moment. What about you, David? Well, that's a really good point. What Jesse said is um, it's unexpected, but then dealing with your plans because everything you planned in January has gone out the window. And I think that's something that, you know, a lot of people do. They kind of set these plans and, um, you know, do a reset at the start of the year. And then you have to think on your feet really quick. Um, your whole life changes for, you know, better and worse. You know, from my perspective, I, the bushfires were really close to home. They literally started close to my home um, in Port Macquarie before it got really bad in many other areas. Um, and, yeah, it was obviously on from then. Um, Dentistry-wise, it's a different perspective to you guys and I think that's one of the things that will be interesting. We've got, you know, owner, we've got um, Omidure in public and private. I'm in private as an associate. And so for me, um, from a business or dentistry point of view, the impact was not as significant, I would say, as it is for many of the owners because I didn't have the overheads that they carry, something that mm. many of my listeners perhaps haven't, or maybe haven't thought as deep about. And so, I'd be interested to hear that perspective from Jesse. But then, of course, yours, Omid, in the public system. Um, and, you know, it completely turned on your head in the middle of Melbourne. How was that for you? Yeah, it was interesting. I, you know, we started the job in February, just really, really early days. And I remember when I, I remember the day the basketball season got kind of postponed. So, I remember I was at work and, <laughs> and the, uh, the Toronto the, Raptors. The big were, things in life. Yeah, the yeah. big things. <laughs> so, that was like the first thing that like the first major impact on my life was uh, the basketball got delayed and they're like, oh, the season's on hold and we'll find out. And, you know, in, in England and in Europe, the Premier League, the the fans are like playing with like no fans in the Champions League. And and that's when I was like, what's happening here? Because it, it wasn't a thing in, you know, in, in Australia at all at the time. And it was just something that you heard about just passively here and there. And yeah, the job, you know, I was excited. I was starting a new chapter, like doing a oral surgery residency at the hospital. And it was super busy at the start. And we're like diving in and, you know, doing all these like complex cases. And then essentially overnight, like just things like ground to a halt. And it was like contingency plans and uh, shifting around departments in the hospital, uh, only emergencies. And then there's a shortage of PPE. There's like so many things that happened like really quickly. And that similar to what you guys said in terms of being adaptable and your plans kind of changing on the fly. Uh, it was really amazing for a couple months as we went through the first wave and then again in the second wave. I'm curious to ask you, Omid, because oftentimes, you know, when these things happen, you're making decisions with incomplete information. You, no one knows exactly what the full story is, that the situation on the ground is changing rapidly every moment of every day. How is that experience in a hospital where you're being asked to make decisions or even the, the administrators of the hospital being asked to make different decisions when the situation is changing so rapidly and you've only got part of the puzzle to you know really think about as you go forward. What was that like? It's it's amazing. I think like you see the the power and sort of the downside of like having a big organization because there's so many tiers of management. So every decision has to go through so many layers of uh you know administrators and up the chain before it gets implemented and the first process of like okay we're gonna shut down from like full service to limited just emergency only cat ones uh and i think the you know the ada and and all that did a great job with those um recommendations as well and the hospital was good at implementing them but it was, it was just amazing because Early, the first thing that happened in the dental hospital was the pediatric department. They'd gone to, I think, Tasmania for a, a conference and there was an outbreak there. So the first sort of department down at the hospital was the pediatric department. They shut down. And then from there, like all the other dent, like dental, like endo and ortho and perio shut down. Um, and then us in oral surgery and the emergency department were the only sort of two ones left. And then eventually we merged together as like just like an emergency triage center. Um, so it was cool. It was kind of like um, we have uh, some of our consultants and stuff where, you know, surgeons and stuff overseas in like South Africa and in India. And they compared it to like these like wartime situations where it's just like fast decisions and triaging at the basic level and just 
managing patients like the rudimentary sort of services and things it was it was pretty cool such a unique uh, experience did you did it end up being a, a covid testing center for a period of time as well yeah so that was that was like probably second wave uh, they introduced the hospital as one of the areas in the city where you can get tested uh, so initially there was a bit of that miscommunication where the same the same lineup to come into the hospital to get triage to get dental treatment was blended in with the COVID testing line. So um, pretty quickly they came to a realization that that wasn't a good idea. So they, they moved it to a different sort of wing <laughs> of the hospital and stuff. Uh, but, you know, just you learn on the fly. And I think uh, overall you just see a lot of people stepping up in different roles and different parts of the hospital and good communication and troubleshooting and just learning to work in less than ideal situations. Um, I, yeah, it was, it, was, it was a memory and an experience I'll, I'll, I'll definitely never forget. What was it like as a an owner, Jesse? I'm sure the as this started to unfold, um, you know, some concerns came over you pretty quick, and you and all the people that you mentor in the business space. Yeah, it, it was um, it was one of those situations where you know things were going along very happily, you know, January, February, and then all of a sudden it hit. And I think, you know, in February, we we're worried about PP, like Homer was saying, and I think everyone was trying to buy up masks and gloves and the essential things that would be required to keep the practice opening. Um, so that, that was the initial thing, the PP, and I think, you know, we would have seen the price of masks and gloves go through the roof pretty quickly as supply diminished. And then, uh, and then of course, then the shutdowns occurred. And... What was really interesting, you touched on this a moment ago, David, is the big concern was I've got these ongoing costs and I now have no revenue or income to support those costs. So uh, obviously when you think about it from a commercial point of view, you've got fixed expenses and variable expenses and you want to have more variable expenses than fixed so that as your revenue dials up or dials down, your expenses dial up or down, you know, in, in you know, synchronicity with that. So uh, the the practices that did all right were the ones that yeah had a lot of variable expenses rather than fixed and equally had you had that rainy day account which we spoke about you know so many times and being able to have a cash buffer there and so I think the big concern from a practice owner's point of view was twofold one is cash flow obviously viability of the business but secondly wanting to take care of their team and their staff and just you know not wanting anyone to kind of go under the bus basically. And trying to take care of that, and I know there was quite a few practice owners who took a personal pay cut, you know, of substantial proportions in order to redirect that money to the team. And so, um, I think there was a, an effort to try and share that pain, not just to kind of insulate themselves from the pain, if that makes sense. So there was a bit of that, and uh, I, I'm curious to ask as well because this is an interesting. Yeah, thing with the three of us talking. What's if, ladies and gents, if you're listening to this, what's really the weird thing is we're all kind of waiting to uh, not jump in on the other person. So there's <laughs> lots of polite pauses going on right here. <laughs> Everyone's maybe got we'll a question to, ready. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah well, well, maybe we'll just need to edit that out. I know oh, it's gonna be it's gonna be like being back in school. So, but David, what was it like for you, mate? Because you you would have been in that situation where the revenue is turned off, but again, different scenario. So, what was that like in your neck of the woods? Yeah, it's it's a really good point because it's, it's quite different. Obviously, um, you know, for owners, the unknown, and then you know, the stimulus. Obviously, I think in Australia, my personal opinion is they did pretty well um, in supporting small business, but it's still a scary thing. But as an associate, my only overhead is really my mortgage, which um, you know, I could cover for personal reasons rainy day bank account um and uh, i was not overly stressed about that so then it became well you know i've got a lot more time i went down from i was actually doing four days and i currently work four days which is lovely (laughs) um and i went down to yeah three three days six hours I think it was six hours a day and we just turned up and we saw emergencies we saw whoever came i think one day i did zero dollars um most other days were like two to four hundred dollars and you know i earned nothing um, but the practice probably lost money so that we need to put that in perspective i think if you're if you're an associate gotta remember that um but we wanted to be that you know defense in a way i guess between a dental problem becoming a hospital issue when we didn't really know what was going to be going on. But I think there's the other side of that coin and I, 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 there's two key things for me that came out of this. One was actually I learned 
and thought a lot more about money and investing. That was really useful. But aside from that, more importantly, I realized, and I've always known this, I always prioritize you know, personal time with family and my own interests and travel and all those things. Even though I'm going 100 miles an hour when I'm on, I love that time. But I realized how much like that is actually available to you now if you just design your life around it. And so, we were forced to design our life around, well, me, I was doing three days a week, six hours a day. So, I could ride my bike with my daughter every afternoon. I got a little bike seat. She sat on the front. She was only like um, just before two. I ate in months at that time, I guess. And that was just the best thing ever. So, it pushes into that and then all that time I had with my daughter. Look, um, you know, by all the other issues, I'd have that six hours a day again. Can you do that again? <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. And that's the thing, Jesse, and I'm sure you're going down this path, is of course I could. I could design my life to do that if I wanted that. And and that's you know, now I'm like, well, 100% four days clinical is my maximum. I spend, you know, my fifth day is often doing podcasts, dental head start, CPD junkie takes, you know, a lot of time making that work with you guys. And But at the same time, I can design that. And I think it really cemented in my mind that I have that opportunity to design that. Dentistry is a great career. Amazing. <laughs> really. The, 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 seriously, there's not many other careers that gives you that flexibility and that earning capacity to do that. And I say that um, not at all lightly. Dentistry has been very generous to me in terms of everything I could ever hope for and more. But, wow, you know, it's not available to everyone out there, is it? So I think we've got to be you know, counting our blessings there. Mm -hmm. I love that point and it's stressful and we always talk about the stress but we have to see that other side and, and I like to say that I agree. We're lucky in what we can do even if that money just provides you the lifestyle you're looking for and it's not your passion for the rest of your life, that's fine. What, what did you learn from COVID and all of this, Omid? I think similar to your point, the so when we started to go into sort of a, a reduced service uh, we broke up into teams, um, just so if, if one team sort of got exposed and um, had to sort of bow out for a couple of weeks in, in isolation, then the other team could kind of step in. So I had a pretty, you know, cruisy ride in that, in that one. I had a salary, which was really nice, so I didn't have to, you know, worry about production and things when I went to work, uh, working in the public sector. But also then it allowed me a lot of free time, sort of my week on, week off that I was not working to, similar to you, like, you know, focus on learning about investing and uh, learning about money in general. One of the the main things I was glad for, I mean, obviously we've to some extent had some, you know, basic financial sort of information and, and things in the past, but like the idea of like living sort of below your means uh, really sort of hi was highlighted during this time because it, you realize that, okay, if I lost my private salary, I wasn't working on the weekends, um, reduced hours, all these kind of things. Like having a lifestyle that was like very easily funded by just like even reduced hours and and cost of living uh, was really handy because it takes like, a lot of stress away about, okay, where am I going to, where's my production coming from? What am I going to do in terms of money? Um, it was a lot of time for hobbies. So like the, the newbie dentist podcast was fun. I, I rebranded the podcast and, and started to look, get a little bit more regular with uh, episodes to try and keep up with you two uh, in terms of output. Yeah. And obviously <laughs> CPA Junkie was a, a huge project that we, you know, sort of all took on and started, um, you know, late last year and kind of went public with it sort of in January, February. So working on the website and having different iterations of, the, of that and, and designing it, all those things were just such great, we had such a lot of time to work on it essentially. So I think a lot of that wouldn't have been possible without that extra time, to be honest. Um, I definitely would have struggled. And then on, on the other side of that, I really just dived headfirst into running. So I was... I spent most of my time running, to be honest, uh, for the past year. And uh, I joke with my friends who we used to run during COVID and stuff. We can get, like, two of us can get together and go. Uh, it was really kind to us in terms of our, our fitness and and changing all that. So, um, you know, it was, it was a pretty miserable time for everyone involved. But we had a great time in also a different way. Like, we, I think we made the most of that downtime, which I think is a really nice way of looking at it. Yeah, that's really interesting. I'm curious to ask each of you how you've grown personally or professionally through this, you know, what, what's that been for you? 
So I mean, a lot of it comes to like thanks to you guys as well. I mean, we as a part of what we do with uh, CBD Junkie stuff, we usually meet up every couple of weeks and um, talk about some of our, our wins and our challenges and, and things that we have to kind of deal with. Uh, so definitely from David, uh, for sure in the past year of like knowing you and working with you, I've learned a lot about sort of uh, one about just like time management and like systemization. Um, I'm, I'm very much more of like an impromptu, just kind of roll with it and see how things kind of go and like, juggle things. And it leads to some cool things because there's some like spontaneity, spontane, spontaneous ideas and things that come about, but you also you lose on the implementation side of it. So uh, I've learned a lot about time management and implementation from you, which has been amazing. Uh, and Jesse, from you, just in terms of uh, big picture, like the biggest sort of uh, analogy from you that I've remembered for the years, just you know, just focus on the next step ahead of you. Don't have to worry about what's on top of the, on top of the, you know, st- staircase or stairwell. Um, just focus on the next step and then gradually you kind of work your way up. So those have been two of the, the main things. I think I've just got really good with like systemizing and time management um, and like goal, goal setting and all that. And just trying to like work on implementing ideas and executing them well. Cause I think that's definitely an area I struggled with in the past. That really, um, that actually really highlights something for me, and it's it's the fact that this year we've had this time, this like, it's like a gift to have this time. Usually, you know, we're working flat out, we've got all these other things going on, and everyone out there has their things that keep them busy. And then you're just given this time, and for us, we're already working on our podcast, and we're working on CPD Junkie. We've got these endeavors that we're building, and at the same time, having all that time didn't equal production or answers or it didn't equal outcome sorry unless we actually made that part of it happen and i know that sounds kind of silly it's not a way to say it very well but you have to if you're building something if you're doing something if you're someone out there who wants to hit some goals it's about action it's not about thinking about action and <laughs> i learned that in a way because i spent a lot of time <laughs> thinking about action and designing or whatever and just not actually implementing and that's something again i'm sure we've learned almost everything we know from jesse but um that's definitely been the thing that i've highlighted like in my mind also i think you mentioned i the money side of things when you sit down and think oh i don't have a job right now i don't have an income um it makes you think more about money and that really put me on this whole um like what's the word wealth creation um just putting your rainy day account money aside and again something that um jesse talks on as well but jesse you you, this is kind of an area this self-development business development mentoring coaching this is an area that you've been in for a long time what's something that you you feel you learned this year that hasn't been already on your agenda if that makes sense i guess the thing is my experience was different to most people is because uh, even though our dental practice was going through the same things that every other dental practice is going through, the savvy dentist, we became unbelievably busy. Um, and as our clients were going through the experience that they were going through, our work uh, load probably doubled. And so rather than having time for riding around or running or whatever, I think I shared with you guys that I've put on a fair bit of weight over COVID. I was not looking after my health. Um, I was working like a lunatic to to get things done. And so my experience was a little different to others. So for me, I guess the thing that I learned out of that is twofold. One is uh, probably have a bit more capacity for work than I realized. Um, but secondly, the importance of really taking care of yourself. And so... I did a big reset of my values in August and I did a lot of work. Uh, I, I was really lucky to spend some time with a guy called Dr. John Demartini and, um, and, and he really just helped me think about a few things a little more clearly, uh, a little more consistently. And so I was able to get some clarity on that, on that value of health. And so um, for the last few months, you know, it's been really about, you know, getting that, back to the you know, top of the priority list and really focusing on that. And, and you know, you, you've got to put your own oxygen mask on first. You can't help other people if you're um, not in good shape yourself. So I've been, you know, really focusing on that. So for me, I guess it's going to remember your health. And, um, and, and as I said, I noticed I had capacity for work that I, I didn't know I had. I'll just quickly jump in, David, if you don't mind. I, was, I asked Jesse two things. One uh, question I have is because of the role you have within the savvy dentist um, and helping so many different practice owners. What's the main 
thing you learned about leadership this year? So it's a really good question around leadership. I think there's a couple of things, and I don't know if I can just have one profound lesson that's going to resonate with everyone. So I'll share a couple of things sure. and hopefully they stitch together to mean something. The first thing I would say is the role of the leader is to keep everyone calm in those periods of uncertainty. And when you're calm, your team is calm and everyone's thinking a little more clearly. When emotions are high, the ability to think clearly goes out the window. And so what I noticed is some people did that really well and others kind of just ran for the hills. Um, The second thing I'd say around that as well is it's about understanding that even though the circumstances are uncertain at the present time, the vision remains unchanged. I, I know we're getting buffeted by these winds. I know we're going through a bit of a storm. But our vision and our destination is still over there. And let's just remember that throughout this stuff, we'll get through this and and to get through the other side. And I I guess the thing that I would say for leaders is to understand that things are never as good nor as bad as they seem or as they're represented in the newspapers. Because, you know, we were predicting, you know, plummeting house prices um, all sorts of bedlam and mayhem and, you know, who knows, that may yet come, I'm, I don't know. But if you read the newspapers, you would have found yourself curled up in the fetal position, you know, for forever. So I think just keeping a little bit of perspective. And I guess the, the follow-up I had for both of you guys, and then I'll pass it on to uh, uh, David, is it's an interesting thing because with the, the time that we had, touching on your point, David, about making sure you implement and actually use the time and not waste that time. Um, I find there's an interesting self-reflection thing in that as well. Cause you know, you look back on the a month or three months or six months that have gone by and how do you gauge your productivity in, the, in that space? Like if you can be really critical of yourself and be like, Oh, I didn't do nearly enough that as I should have, I wasted my th- weeks off. I should have done X, Y, and Z more, or you can look back and then list your accomplishments and then think like, you know, be happy about what you've accomplished. How, do, like, how do you reach a good equilibrium to know if am I, my expectations of myself enough or are they too harsh or are they too lax? How do you guys gauge that for yourselves? So how to judge my expectations. That's what you're asking me. Am I being too ambitious, too hard on myself, too, too easy to whatever? Uh, I think for me, I reckon most dentists I know tend to be pretty harsh judges of themselves. We all tend to be perfectionists. So uh, I would say, and I am far from perfect on this and I fail at this routinely. Um, I often overestimate what I can achieve in a time frame. And then when I don't hit that, I, I feel a sense of frustration and annoyance and disappointment. And so what I've tried to do to counteract that is to work in bite-sized chunks. And so I try not to take on 10 things. I might take on one or two, no more than three things at any given time because I know that I just can't do any more than that. So for me, it's about learning my about my capacity. I still get it wrong. I still get annoyed. I still get frustrated, but I'm getting better at taking on less things and completing something before taking on the next thing. I think that's great advice. That, that is a good one. I um I, I spoke of this on a podcast the other day, and I don't I think I butchered it. Then I'm going to butcher it again, but something along the lines of the entrepreneur's dilemma. Like you achieve something, so you just move the goalpost further up. And um <laughs> and and I think we all suffer. Every person, if they've got goals, suffers from that. You, you get good at um you know you're doing posterior restorations really well, and then you're thinking, why don't my crown preps look amazing? It's like, well, you've achieved that really good class too. Be proud of that as well. And f- and for me, I guess the thing is just tempering my goal setting <laughs> with my reflection, and and you know putting them both in front of me, if and not just ignoring what I've achieved and and only looking forward. Um. It's something you've mentioned, Jesse, before about the leader being keeping everybody calm. I've heard something along the lines of a leader is someone who um, makes the other person feel good about themselves. And um, I always found that when I first heard it, I thought that was a bit like I didn't fully understand it. But it, it, I think in the context of like the way you just explained it, helping others be calm, it's the person, it's that that person that supports the team. It's as simple as that. And that's what makes people follow the leader. And it's also interesting to understand that the leader isn't 
always the practice owner. I mean, ideally, you want the practice owner to be leading, clearly. But leadership, anyone can lead, right? And so whether people listening to this are an associate or they're working in government or wherever they happen to be, everyone has the opportunity to lead. And um, I don't, have you ever read the book by Robin Sharma, The Leader Who Had No Title? No, I've, heard, I've read his other books, but not that one. It's, it's a really good book. And it, look, the, the premise of the book is that no matter what role you're in, no matter what you do, you can at least lead yourself. And, and then from there, you have the opportunity to influence and lead others. So I would say every single person has the opportunity to lead. And sometimes it is leading your family. Maybe it's leading your toddler. Maybe it's leading your spouse um, or, you know, leading yourself. And I, I don't think that we need to think of leadership as the practice owner i think that is one version of leadership but by no means is it the only version yeah definitely as an associate you're a leader within your your room and your team and and your nurse is a leader in in the same respect in what they know best i love that what i've also learned this year is that jesse and omid have the best knowledge of books i've ever heard of in my life (laughs) and (laughs) i reckon i've got about 50 recommendations from you guys so if anyone wants a book recommendation these are your gentlemen Yeah, oh, so oh, that, that just means we spend way too much money on Jeff Bezos' <laughs> Amazon site, right? That's basically that's right. I, I just I just want to go looking bookshelf. I think that's more than anything. But um, yeah, I, I I consume a lot of like I I don't read much, uh, but I listen to a lot of books. Um, so I use my commutes and sort of my time running and stuff to do that, and that's how I consume most of them. But um, yeah, I think it's just a great consolidation of ideas to do it that way. I'd like to ask each of you just a, a quick question, if I may. Sorry to interrupt you there, mate. That's where we didn't quite get our pauses right. Sorry. Um, that was me being klutzy. Um, <laughs> what I wanted to ask you is what do you think the gift of 2020 has been? Gift of 2020? Uh, I guess for me, I think it'll be just financial literacy. I think that's like the main thing I've learned. Um, I, I, there's stuff that I've, done in the past that have done more and better since then. But I think I understood early on, like in March, and it was a big source of like stress and sort of anxiety, to be honest. Uh, Cause I, you know, you see, you know, the liquidity crisis and then you're like, as a young professional who are like early sort of in our wealth creation phases of life, I, I understood, but I didn't have any like depth of knowledge about, okay, this is like a maybe a once in a lifetime opportunity in the next couple of years to like do something cool to build some like true wealth. And then that learning about that and trying to figure that out has been a really interesting sort of uh, challenge. And I guess endeavor like for the past six months and there's still so much more to learn, but I think that that's for me, something that I'm really proud of. I think I'll look back in five years and be like that effort that I put in, in 2020 is paid off like dividends now. So you can take that forward with you, right? That's something that's yeah, come out of twenty three. That, that's take like a lifetime lifetime skill set for sure. Yeah, cool. What about you, David? Well, Omid and I talk too much, so we uh, <laughs> I'm on the same page with the financial side of things, and we're pretty similar in our mindsets. But um, that's been a crucial one for me from a family point of view, from every point of view. But the other one, obviously, with a young family as well, is that concept I was talking about: time, you know, time spent with family, time balanced life, or however you want to quotation marks call it. Um, basically just designing the life that you want to have you can make that happen you just have to set certain things up and you know that's yeah i'll definitely take that forward and that mindset change and and yeah it definitely was in hindsight for me it's actually been a really good year even though there was a year without work a month without work sorry so that it's really interesting because each of you have touched on three currencies uh, I, which I think really fascinating, and you know, I, I think about these currencies all the time: money, time, and meaning. And I think 2020 has made us really evaluate our relationship with each of those currencies. You know, how much money do we really need? Uh, is it a lot? Is it a little? What's the right number? What do we want to spend our time doing really? And then, what's meaningful and purposeful in our lives? And I think. If we can get that blend of those three currencies right, I think it leads to a rich and rewarding life. And I don't know about you guys, but that's something I've been thinking a lot about. Yeah, I, I it's interesting because it it weirdly conflicts with our ambitions in some ways. I personally, for me, um, and it also feeds in different ways into like more entrepreneurship and um, being able to like 
generate more passive sort of things where you not have to work all the time with your own hands and put in the hours at work. Because, you know, in the peak COVID where I'm just, you know, waking up, going for like a nice long run, coming home, just like stretching, like just like not doing much. And I was like, man, I could really get used to this life of just like not having much like on the go and just like relaxing and just reading and and learning about different things that interest me on the day and just working on my own, like, you know, small side projects and podcasts and CPD junkie and all that. Um, and then the next week I'd have to be at work, you know, nine to five grinding it out. And you see like that different life's like juxtaposition next to each other. Like, and that's like a unique window into that kind of um, extremes. So it, it was definitely a cool experience. And I think next year is like a, a project is to like marry those together in a good way of having a great work-life balance. Cause you realize like in the short term anyways, like, you know, we don't need that much money to like get by at a comfortable level. So why, why kill yourself for an extra like 50, hundred grand a year, just so you can pay more taxes and like, and whatnot. <laughs> Coming from Omid, who's a dentist, a podcaster, uh, online entrepreneur, whatever you want to call it. Um, <laughs> see, that's the thing. And the point of what I was saying about, you know, life balance and all the rest of it, I don't see it as necessarily, and I'm sure you agree, it's not necessarily like I don't want to work. It's not at all like that. Actually, I love what I do and I, I love keeping myself busy and I'd go mental if I wasn't. I just want the freedom to choose to do what I want when I want. And with that's why we work so hard on what we're doing so we can build X, Y, Z, which allows us to do something else or whatever it is. And, and yeah, that's the purpose for me. It's interesting. I want to touch on something I've been wanting to. It's, I mean, your, your running is incredible. And Jesse, you, you, like you said, since August, you've just completely, you know, reef, um, set your values around health as number one. And I ride mountain bikes. It's what keeps me sane. I also, you know, I'm listening while I'm riding, usually a podcast or an audio book. Um, what has kept you level in 2020? Obviously, exercise being a big part of that. Um, and how do you, what do you do with your, you know, development and making yourself better? So, yeah, I mean, running has been I started, I started when I turned 30. So maybe like a year and a half ago, I'd, I'd run previously. Like I, you know, I grew up playing sports and stuff. So being active wasn't like necessarily foreign, but, um, I was, when I turned 30, I was like, oh, I want to try and get back into like endurance stuff and, um, and do all that. So I started training and I did like a little, uh, like a sprint triathlon back, uh, maybe like a year and a half ago. And then this year, just with like shutdowns, no gyms open, you know, even having like a five kilometer radius sort of, uh, restrictions on in place i just started running like really regularly and really got into it in terms of like science um types of training and and just to see the results and how your body adapts has been really cool and for me it's 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 essentially i find it like meditation i mean i i run with audiobooks and stuff a portion of the time but most of the time i run without anything um and it's just like a you know time to think and reflect and a lot of times, honestly, it's just like even blank. I don't even think about it. I just like focus on my breathing and just focus on my form. And that like repetitive, just it's like a type of sort of meditation, which is um, really done great things for my just like mood and stuff. And in terms of the implementation, I think that's where the play comes in. And I've realized, you know, I did that whole like um, mini mentorship series on the newbie dentist uh, talking about some of these things. But I think it's important not to be like so rigid and like play like, challenge yourself like this month i'm gonna just have no meat and just like see how it goes and the next month like i'm gonna have no sugar i'm gonna have only one coffee instead of two or i'm gonna wake up and try and do 10 push-ups every morning before i make my breakfast and i think that keeps life going it's just like it's not mundane because every month or every so often you just have a new challenge you're just like imposing on yourself and one is like you learn that skill and it's cool and it's great and two is like you get that self-satisfaction when you like implement it and you look back on the month and you're like, wow, I just really did that. I just, for the whole month, I did 20 push-ups every morning. So that's been like a really fun thing for me. And I think that's something I'll really carry forward for the rest of my life is just having those little challenges. And then you pick and choose like, oh, I don't really not like not having meat. I'll just go back to meat, but I'll cut out sugar. And uh, so things like that, I think it's just been really cool. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> You've never <laughs> told me about that. That's, um, I'm going to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It is really cool. Love it, man. Yeah. That is really good. Lots of little micro experiments in there. Yeah, that's the whole I think like life you just gotta keep it spicy like that. So <laughs>
So what what about what about learning? Um, you know, how obviously that's taking away, getting away from twenty twenty a bit. But how do you guys continue to develop and not fall into a rut? I'm thinking CPD. I'm thinking um, you know self development, business development. It's interesting. This kind of ties in with your earlier question for Omid as well about how you keep yourself sane. I actually feel like if I'm not learning, I'm not growing. If I'm not growing, I'm I'm pretty miserable. Um, so. I spend a lot of time learning, reading, going to courses, studying this, doing that, traveling, you know, prior to COVID, traveling around the world, you know, meeting world's best in whatever endeavor I could, you know, find in, in that I'm interested in. So for me, when I did that values exercise and I put health to the top of the list, it was really quite illuminating because pro- probably my highest value, uh, you know, I hate to say this, probably even above health was learning. And so I have always enjoyed that. And so it's, it's not a big effort for me, David, in the sense that I, I read voraciously. I'm not a big audio. I try so hard. I, I really want to like audio books. And being a podcaster, that feels like a confession, like a dirty little secret. Yeah. A podcaster doesn't like an audio book. I like podcasts. I just don't like audio books because it's like too long to the end, like eight hours. Man, kill me. Um, and so um, – I've got to get in. Actually, have you guys done the Amazon Kindle audiobook combo thing where you pick it up and you zip to the spot in the book, then it picks it up where you're up to in the audiobook? Oh, no, I never use that. I do use Audible, but yeah, no. So I cool. reckon I'm, I might have to try that. But um, yeah. anyway, yeah. sorry, random. But I think um, your, your commute's not long enough, Jesse. You need a longer drive, <laughs> and then you'll yeah. get right into it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's probably true. But I think um, learning is just something that I enjoy. So I'm always, always learning. If I was to look at my PNL, that's where my biggest expense is. Hmm. How do you fit it in? What's your routine? Um. Well, what I've really tried hard to do is again. It goes back to what you were talking about earlier, David. It's lifestyle by design. And what I've done is over years I've built a team and I've delegated a lot of the stuff that I'm not good at or don't like to do to other people who do like to do it or are good at it. Um, And then it allows me to focus on the areas that I'm best at and, you know, all the things I enjoy. And so I really, really enjoy learning. And so for me it's been about making space for it by getting rid of other things. I'm not trying to put it in on top of something else. I'm trying to make it a priority in my life and therefore I invest time, effort, energy, money into it. And so I, I prioritize it. How about you, Amid? You're pretty big on um, self-development and all that stuff and, and CPD. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I, I like to consume the information a lot and I think there's like that divide even with cpd like you know if, if you take a dental course and you'll go for the weekend and do like an invisalign course or a, a composites course it's all fun and game to like learn the skill but i think like the bigger part is like the it's next part it. of like the actual implementation of, of that absolutely so it, it took me a while to to trigger in that because i would you know watch these like youtube stuff of like different people like doing the stuff that i'm just talking about now with the experimentation and or like running like form things and and not implementing it because you just get in the habit of like okay let me learn let me learn and then i'll be ready and i'll eventually do it um but i think doing it is the main thing and i I think for me personally that's how i learned best you know going back to talking about investments and stuff it's not until like you know you put your own money into a stock or or whatever it is and you actually like you have a skin in the game where you actually like like, okay now i should really start learning it more and and trying to figure out the nuances of everything. So for me, I learned more by action, I think, uh, doing it and then making mistakes and then going back and, and reviewing it versus just like purely like reading or doing didactics on it. What about you, David? How do you do it? Well, you raise a good point I just want to touch on. Um, talking about having action afterwards, I mean, if you think about CPD, um, general dental CPD, and often we go to the course, and me, like I've definitely done this, you go to the course and you, you enjoy the content, it's, yeah, that was fun and you have lots of coffee and you enjoy the drinks after and you go back to work and you just don't do anything. And like you didn't even review the content, you paid thousands of dollars for this course, it's ridiculous. And but <laughs> someone was talking, I think on one of the podcasts recently, and um, uh, Chidem Capel actually, and she was talking about someone who, would book the case right after the course. So you have, you know, you do an ortho course and you know you're going to start providing Invisalign. So you book a simple case for Monday after that or just having that forced um, um, commitment or um, 
accountability to it and that's such a crucial step and i think um that's something i need to work on a bit more both from the dental point of view um and from a you know all all learning point of view but I, i have an equal fascination with it if i'm not playing with cpd junkie or the podcast i'm i'm probably learning about something whether it's dental finance or or business it's interesting have you guys um had much to do with gordon christensen over the years i know he's probably an older generation than um the new guys but i I remember hearing him speak and he said something that struck me and this is decades ago now he said you know for what he'd do is he'd choose a topic for a year and it might be endo or ortho or whatever it is and he would just go deep on that one topic for that year and I quite like that concept as well as rather than trying to master everything, become really good at one or two key things. And I think there's something in that as well. Uh, and I think coming to your point about implementation and execution is if you're trying to do an auto course and implement that or the Invisalign course or whatever, then all of a sudden you're off doing implants, then all of a sudden you're off trying to do veneers and preps. It's It's a lot to learn and to take in. And so I think it's also about, yeah, implementation is about, pacing yourself getting the depth of knowledge and, and implementing that but i do like what chidham said on your on your show which is book the case <laughs> yeah like nothing's going to sharpen your focus like having a patient in the chair right and yeah so i do think that there's a, a blend and a few things there yeah i love that gordon christensen one that quote i've heard that as well uh jesse it's been a really useful one for sure it's um, actually something, you know, the CPD, um, CPD Junkie, there's an ebook and it's some of our thoughts on trying to implement and, and get the most out of courses and um, that actually that concept is, is in there. I didn't know it was Gordon Christensen. We'll actually have to reference that. Um, but it, it's, I think it's a fantastic com- um, um, concept. Definitely for me, it was communication early on and I think that, you know, that helps so much by like just focusing really strong on that and then moving into other things as things went on. Yeah, look, the thing, the thing I think you guys do really well, uh, obviously, you know, you're both running podcasts, you're both working either in private practice or in the public system or both. And I actually think that's a real juggle. And so I think your ability to do that and to juggle that really well, I mean, my life's in some ways simpler uh, in the sense that, you know, I've got a business to run and, and that's kind of it. And I'm not having to to show up to work in ways that, yeah, the boss needs or wants me to. So I'm curious to ask you because there'll be lots of people listening to this. You know, you've got a side thing that you you've done with your various podcasts obviously we're running cpd junkie together yeah each of you've got commitments outside of those and work etc what's been the glue that's held it all together is there a common theme running through any of this or um what's held it all together for you because i I know there'll be people listening to this who go how on god's earth do david and, and obed really do this all right there's i think there's two things um you said one before, which makes you um, have time available, which is your team. And behind both of these projects, we have team. Um, I've got uh, we had Bridget, Dr. Bridget Hall with me on the podcast. We've got Graham. Um, we've got Erica on the podcast. They're students that are helping. They're amazing. Um, and then we've got with CPD Junkie. Omid and I definitely did a lot of the hard yards building that early on and managing a lot of it. My wife was part of that for a little while. Um, And we've now got Ibadat, we've got Lawrence, um, we've got Jen, and then some other team members that make that all possible. And I think without team, any of these projects don't happen. And it's easy to think that you know, you just hear Omid's voice or my voice or even your voice, Jesse, and think, oh, you know, they're plugging away doing all of that. There's a lot that I don't do because we're working with a great team. The other thing I'll say there is, and this probably might relate a bit more to people who don't have a team, like it's not a business where you have a team, is structure. And so, um, you know, we have meetings fortnightly on Monday night at a certain time. Um, you know, certain days like Tuesdays, you're not going to catch me because it's date night. <laughs> like there's, there's different things in that structure allows us to, allows me to juggle a number of things at the same time and still manage all those things properly. What are your thoughts there, Omid? 
So I think that's one of the like one of the earlier topics we talked about in terms of like lessons learned in 2020. I mean, that's one of the biggest things I learned from sort of both of you guys, especially David, because we were sort of similar level in terms of where we are within our careers. Was you know like taking a a hobby and like turning it into an actual like sort of like a working functioning business or or endeavor it doesn't have to necessarily be like about making money or whatnot. Um, and so I learned a lot about systemization and teams from that outsourcing, you know, when you, you know, with the podcast is essentially just like a little hobby that I kind of started back when I started and I would do everything. I don't know. I'll do the editing. I do the website. I do the post-production and I put it up and I was like really time consuming to do that. And I kind of enjoyed the steps because it was, you know, learning by doing like we talked about as well. And then you realize that's not scalable and then you can't add other things on top of that if you want, like CPD junkie wouldn't have been possible or, you know, the commitments to, you know, uh, doing extra CPD that we've been doing this year or uh, all the running and all that. Um, so building it and then systemizing it and then outsourcing it effectively um, is like, I think it's like a really nice natural evolution of like creating something that can sustain long-term and also that you can then take on more responsibilities and kind of repeat that same process. Um, still a work in progress for sure. I, I definitely don't think I'm as systemized as sort of you are with these type of things. And uh, and I think it comes down to sort of uh, floating sort of values. So like certain times in life, you know, you really just got to focus on work because work is just the priority. And then the other two might kind of slip down a little bit or you might miss an episode in a given week. Um or you're just, you know, training for a certain event and running and, and that takes priority and precedence over other things. And I think that's okay too. I think it's okay to give yourself that leeway there. But I think the systemization and learning to trust others and outsource has, has been a really big thing that I've learned this year for sure. Cool. So if there are people listening to this podcast, just like you, and there will be, who have an interest in starting a business or doing a side project or whatever it is, we're hearing about systems, we're hearing about team. Um, would you begin by starting things off yourself or so that you know how to do it or do you go straight to team straight away if you could afford to do that? I think that's one for you, Jesse, <laughs> to answer. <laughs> Give, giving my own answer to a question. But, I, but yeah, I can tell you what I did. Um, but I'm interested in your perspective. I, I'm, I'm more of like, I like to do things. I guess it comes down to why you're doing it in the first place. Um, mostly, uh, for me, most of the stuff I start are hobbies that I turn into work essentially. Um, just to try and just for the fun of it. And I like the, the challenge of trying to monetize something just not even because it makes money that's going to be substantially like life-changing or anything. Luckily we're dentists with our day job and that's, a pretty 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 good gig to have to begin with. It'd be better so, to just work, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, <laughs> honestly, like yeah, if if you know, there's there's been like early on, I did like the uh, like newbie dentist like study club, and I I remember I took a day off work, and then we ran the event, and like by the time I paid for everything, I had like three hundred dollars left over, and I was like, yeah, I definitely would have made more money going to work today, but like that three hundred dollars was like so sweet, like I just you know I really cherished those three hundred dollars. So for me, I think if you're going to start something, start it from a place of like passion and interest. And then if it ends up being something that's viable and you want to scale it, then that's time to like implement teams and things. Cool. Yeah. hundred percent. I fully agree with that. But also like same thing, my purpose behind these things have been, um, passion or, or and wanting to create i guess so the the podcast obviously that kind of speaks for itself wanting to create that audio um story and journey and tell people's stories but then cpd junkie like omid and i um you know we're young dentists and and, and jesse both dent all dentists and we need to find these con these um courses and we personally just finding it hard we wanted to solve that problem and so then we start that as our own little project or passion um i also think it's nice to know how everything works so that when you know, you can pick up the ball if something gets dropped. Um, but I would be actually curious, Jesse, what, what's the answer? <laughs> <laughs> well, there is no right answer, is there? Right answer, right? There, there are. I'm just, I'm still smarting at the fact that I'm no longer part of the Young Dentist Club. I mean, I, yeah, in my, in my body, in my mind, I'm feeling 25. But clearly, even with this soften my image on Zoom thing, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not doing enough. So we're going to have to go for the next level of fix up my image thing. Um, look. I think everyone's got a different perspective on this, right? Um, I think we've all started podcasts or projects because we're innately interested in the project rather than the commerce of it necessarily. You know, when I started my podcast, um, gosh, you know, um, 
it was something that I just thought, wow, um, what what a cool thing to do. What a what a great idea. Uh, how can we bring some information to the dental community? Uh, and my particular interest is around commerce and business, so it was a very easy fit. Um, I took a different path to you. I've never edited a podcast. I've never uploaded it. I wouldn't know how. Um, and candidly, I don't want to know how. Um, and so for me, my question is always who? Who can do this for me? And um, rather than how do I learn how to do this? So it's an interesting perspective. It's not the right perspective. It's just my perspective. Do you think that's because you're more experienced when you started these things? It wasn't your first startup. I was probably in a different stage of life than you guys in the sense that, you know, um, yeah, David, you've got little little kids. I've got big kids. I mean, you're yet to uh, endure that process. And, um, <laughs> um, and Choice of words uh, there, Jesse. I know, I know. I'm, I'm <laughs> joking. I'm kidding. I love, I love, I love my kids. That they, they are awesome. I've got two teenagers, you can imagine. Um, no, no, they are. They're good. <laughs> Uh, it's good. But no, the point I'm trying to make is at that particular moment in time, my number one currency, going back to those three things we spoke about, was time. So I spent money to save time rather than spend time to save money. I love it. Yeah. That's that's it. The fast You, you get there pretty fast too, don't you, where time becomes absolutely you, you, the you crucial thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you can kind of have three three things. You can have speed, you can have quality, or you can have cost. But you can't you can have two of those three, but you can't have all three. Same with the dental work. <laughs> now that's a universal sort of triangle there. Yeah. So anyway, there we go. I think we've deviated a bit off the twenty twenty theme. Yeah. Sorry, that was me going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> I guess um, we're gonna end it like on a positive note, you know, looking forward to twenty twenty one now that you know, with all the lessons and things that we've covered. What are some of the things that you look forward to next year? 2021, things to look forward to. Well, as we're recording this, it looks like there's a little bit of a travel bubble opening up with New Zealand. Um, so hopefully there'll be an opportunity to go and see our Kiwi cousins at some point and say hello to them. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm actually looking forward to really just redesigning my business. I, like everyone else, I, I've... I've had the opportunity to redesign things, so I'm looking forward to what that looks like. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, growing our dental practice. I've scheduled about five or six lots of holidays in throughout the year, so I'm looking forward to, again, making sure that's in place. I'm looking forward to what we do with CPD Junkie. I'm really excited about this project. I think it's got the potential to really bring so much value to the dental community, you know, where else are you going to find your CPD? We've got a jobs board coming. We've got all this cool stuff coming that I'm really excited about because when I was a young dentist, you know, now I'm, now I am saying I'm not, a, you know, I'm not one of the young ones, um, but none of that was around. And I think, I think it's a really good thing. And uh, I'm really looking forward to working with you guys to get that done. That's my number one thing. For me, yeah, 2021, I, I think it's as much as I've talked about, you know, life balance and it is it is entirely about that, but I'm still pushing hard on certain goals. And and so, I'm really looking forward to, you know, growing the podcast, really making CPD Junkie a super useful product. So, you know, the pages where you can find all the organizers' content, you can find all the discipline that you really like or the alerts email where you can get emailed if you want to learn, if you want to spend your year learning about endo, just endo. You can sign up to our thing and you get emailed every month with just the endo stuff. That's the alerts. It's like we want this to be super useful for people. So I'm excited about that. That's that's great. But I'm also excited to actually for me, one of the personal things um, will be mountain biking and doing some some of the races that I was starting to do, the more endurance races, Um, not because I'm fast, just because that makes you train. Um, and you get to travel so like those little things i'm definitely looking forward to a bit of normality in that space um but yeah the perspective i've gained from 2020 in in the life planning and the finance and the and i guess action for work you know work is only becomes something if you do action with what you've learned um Mm -hmm. those things are really going to go with me forever i think how about you Amit? that's great so, yeah, I mean, with regards to CPD Junkie, um, I think it's cool because we, you know, we launched it at sort of like the worst possible time with like all the events getting canceled and like peak COVID and all that. Um, but in, in, a, in a, you know, I guess in a different way, it allowed us a lot of time to test things out and make the, fun- the product better, more functional, more useful for dentists. So I'm excited to like 
test drive it, like put it through the the the, the ringer with courses coming in, people coming to the website, and really starting to get some user interaction and getting some feedback on about you know next evolutions of it and improving it as we go through. Uh, and I think you know our, our goal with that is because it's a resource that we want it to be free for dentists to use. Um, I think I'm just excited by the contribution to to the de- dentistry in Australia and New Zealand that we're uh, making with this product. So um, I think that's like looking at it from um, like the value that you're adding to a like, business that we're starting. I think that's the cool part where you can look back in a few years and be proud of like sort of what we did and hopefully people find it useful and it allows people to find courses and things that they're interested in. Uh, outside of that, uh, I hope the podcast, you know, I, I can hopefully try to make enough time to keep it going and, and doing cool things with that. I got a few like little projects and things that I've pre-recorded that I'll be launching sort of next year. And with work, I think similar to everything that you guys both said, uh, you realize that you want to design how you want to do things. So um, I'm sort of dropping back part-time at the hospital. So I'm going to be adding some private work. And I think my tendency at the start was maybe I'll just get another job and go back to general dentistry, um, like doing you know day-to-day general dentistry. But I think even though it might be a little bit slower going, I think I'm going to get like really intentional about trying to find jobs where I can like specifically do sort of more uh, oral surgery type things. Um, and it might be taking me longer to like set that up or it might be slower production for a while. But I think that um, long-term will be a better sort of play for how I want to do it. So uh, really, you know, make the conscious decision to be like, uh, take action on that and not just slip back into like doing, you know, scaling cleans and, and uh, fillings and all that. And I really focus on like implants and, and surgery. And outside of that, uh, signed up for a triathlon in July. So in France, so I'm hoping we can travel there. Um, so I'm excited for that because, you know, the, the running piece has been really good this year, but, you know, it's like a whole new challenge to add cycling and swimming and, and get really good at those, at those sort of distances. So um, I think that'll be sort of the next, uh, challenged on, t- on the health side of things for for 2021 i was going to travel to newcastle for a bike race you're going to france <laughs> france <laughs> right now i'm gonna to have to start doing triathlons so i can come travel yeah it's um, we, maybe you could do the bike leg for him and he can do the run leg for you yeah it, we look similar right yeah my, my workout <laughs> the uh <laughs> brothers <laughs> it's a cool one it's um like my wife's from France, so her high school friends there, and they've sort of uh, been in touch with them, so they recommended it. So it's called Alpe d'Huez. So it's it's one of the legs. It's a famous climb of the Tour de France. Um, so it's pretty cool. So it'd be like a pretty. I'm not big into cycling, but apparently it's like a bucket list uh, ride for a lot of cyclists. So I'm excited to kind of experience it. So it's probably fair to say that there's been a lot of thought going to CPD Junkie, and all three of us are really excited about what it's going to look like in 2021. Our goal is really to bring you the most functional CPD website, you know, that there is. And if you have an interest in anything at all, you know, we can, you know, get you those alerts, get you that, those notifications and, and make sure that your learning experience is rich and, rich and rewarding and that you've got a great career in dentistry like the three of us have had. You know, it's a really enjoyable career. It's very fulfilling. Um, 2020 has been the year of uh, ups and downs and ins and outs and certainly a bit on the topsy-turvy side. So I think it's probably all fair to say that um, I think we're all looking forward to a little bit more uh, stability perhaps in 21. I know that I am, uh, but not boring. I'm looking for adventure, uh, but just in, in, a, in a different way. So um, Omid and, and David, I really just want to say thank you for inviting me to have this conversation with you. It's been a lot of fun. We get to have a lot of conversations off the air. This is the first time we've recorded a, a three-way um, podcast and you know it's always nice to talk to other podcasters always slightly weird when we're trying to uh, uh, you know not get in each other's way and do all that sort of stuff but I really just want to say thanks so much for uh, taking the time uh, to hang out and, and allowing me to come out and hang out with you I'm, I'm the crusty old guy you're the young two young bucks and uh, it, it's nice to uh, nice to have a chat so thanks fellas I think something that got me through 2020 is the the grounding um, nature of being able to chat with you guys each time and have this project and and work with you Jesse as a mentor and and Omid as a colleague in in pursuing something so that that has really given actually given me a lot of positives in 2020 so thanks uh, it's it's always a pleasure um, but with both of you guys you're literally both inspirations that got Dental Head Start going yeah I guess for me. Uh, I value the accountability that you guys bring. Um, it's really easy when you get busy to like let things kind of slip up and knowing, you know, 
we got our meetings and we we get together and we work on the projects and it really has made me like change how I do a lot of things and and made me move forward on a lot of goals and things. And, you know, I guess, you know, always, like that's old saying of like, you never want to be the smartest guy in a room. So every time I kind of meet up with you guys and uh, after we wrap up, I'm always kind of like motivated and kind of pumped up because I get to kind of pick your brain on different topics and, and learn from you guys. And I think a little bit selfish, I guess, because I take a lot more out of it than I put in. So I really do appreciate both of you guys. That's it. We've got a lot to come in 2021. It's exciting. Thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Newbie Dentist Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe and head over to iTunes and give the show a five-star rating. For all show notes and to access all previous episodes, head over to www.newbiedentist.com. Have a great day.